Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. Minicoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out Minicoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, my guest is Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Glenn spent more than 20 years as a professional wrestler, most notably as WWE superstar and three-time world champion Kane. And after a Hall of Fame career as a professional athlete and a few decades as a small business owner, Glenn felt called to run for mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, to help others reach their full potential. In 2017, Glenn answered the call to serve and was overwhelmingly elected mayor of Knox County in 2018. He's running for re-election this year in 2022. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you having me on. I know you're tired of talking about it after the majority of your first term was dominated by it, but we've got to talk a little bit about COVID because I think it's useful for people to find out what's going on in different parts of the country. Some people are still under mask mandates and very heavy restrictions. Others, it's like this never happened. What's Tennessee and what's Knox County like in February of 2022? We're a lot like Florida in that at this point, we don't have any restrictions and no mass mandates or anything like that. We went through our spell. It's a long story. I don't want to get in the weeds, but unfortunately, a lot of the decisions that were made were out of my control uh, as far as with restrictions and with mass mandates, things that uh, I never would have done and I fought against. But unfortunately, in that area, my authority was very limited as to what I could do. Right now, we're actually dealing with the, the federal government, though, inserting itself in Knox County policy. A federal judge back in September of last year ordered Knox County schools a universal mask mandate at all Knox County schools, uh, thanks to a lawsuit that was brought by families of uh, four students with special needs. That still stands right now. And of course, it's caused uh, a lot of issues within our community and really just showed the when we think about activist judges and legislating from the bench, that's what this was. Our school board had twice voted down mask mandates and uh, the judge using the Americans with Disability Act really expanded the 
purview of the Americans with Disability Act and uh, said that the schools were violating uh, the, the act of be because these uh, four youngsters had special needs that made them more at risk from COVID. And of course, tragically, they're more at risk from every other respiratory virus as well. So I, I don't see how this can even end if that's the logic that we're using. But for the most part, we've trusted people here in Tennessee to exercise their own judgment uh, as to how they want to take care of themselves and how they deem uh, is best for them to stay safe and healthy. So during 2020, when just about everybody was locked down, there were a few exceptions. In Tennessee, how much came from the governor and how much control did you have as for the listeners out there in Tennessee, the counties are run by a mayor. So we think of that in New York as the head of a city. We have county executives. Although where I live in Niagara County, we have something that's like the Articles of Confederation and that all we have is a legislature and the chairman of the legislature is the de facto executive. But you're the executive of your county. Did you have any control during 2020 over what the restrictions were? For us here in Knox County, that's a very interesting question because we have a unique situation. We have 95 counties in the state of Tennessee. 89 of them are basically state department of health. They answer directly to the commissioner of health, but there are six counties, the larger counties that have their own health departments and have their own public health officer, and they actually make their own policies. So the governor had some things that, that he did under executive order, but for the most part, in the six counties, they got to dictate what happened. And here in Knox County, it was determined by uh, our law department that the Board of Health, which, which was appointed, confirmed, they were actually recommended by their various professional bodies and then confirmed by county commission. The Board of Health actually had legislative authority, which ended up with a lot, there are nine people on the Board of Health, including me, but ended up with a lot of eight to one votes on business restrictions, on mass mandates, and those sort of things. Last year, though, in, in late April, the governor rescinded his executive orders, giving basically giving the Board of Health that authority, at which point the authority reverted back to me. And um, not the only thing we had left at that point was a countywide mass mandate, which I lifted before even the end of the day was out on the governor, <laughs> once the governor took that action. So again, it was very strange, and every county was... Of, of the six counties that had, um, that were independent of the state, I think each of them actually had different ways of doing things. In Hamilton County, the mayor basically had control the whole time. And a lot of that was due to interpretation of state statute. Public health statutes are very murky. And of course, so were the emergency powers statutes because no one ever expected a state of emergency that would go on and on. And that was all revisited actually in the last legislative session of the governor can still issue a state of emergency. Uh, I can't remember exactly for how long it is, but in order to extend that, he does have to confirm with the legislature, which he did not have to do previously. I will say that Governor Lee, he was pretty light with what he did. He did issue a stay-at-home order, which I was vehemently opposed to, but only kept it on a week or two and then lifted that. And then otherwise, like I said, he was pretty light with what he did. And to everyone's, I guess to be fair to everyone, early in the pandemic, no one knew what was going on. Okay. And of course, where I am politically, I'm going to make certain decisions, but I also do understand that it was very scary. And people, I think, were acting in 
good faith to make the best decisions that they thought they should. I always worry about government overreach. That's top of mind for me. So of course I saw this as an opportunity for massive government overreach is what it did turn into. But for people like Governor Lee, it, it wasn't a matter of hey, I'm going to seize all this power and hold it. I think he actually did do what he thought was right. And then as soon as he saw that he could lift it or the that overreach side kicking in, he kept his what he did very light compared to many other places around the country. That's really interesting news just in and of itself, because I'm in New York and our stay at home orders went on and on. And even after that, the restrictions on businesses. So it's just very interesting that number one, what state you live in mattered. That's supposed to be the way it is in the United States. That's why they call it a federal government, not a national government, but really the county you live in. And as of right now, Believe it or not, up here, we still have a statewide mask mandate. It's a second one that was reinstituted, but I'm in Western New York. So there's eight counties in Western New York. I'm in Niagara County. The city of Buffalo is in Erie County where I lived most of my life before I, I moved to Florida and then moved back. But in any case, of those eight counties, seven of them have formally announced they're not enforcing the mandate. And when you drive around and go shopping and it's, there is no mandate in those counties, I had to drive down to Erie County, unfortunately for a wake for a former teacher. And I see people walking down the street with masks on outside. So it's incredible how much difference it can make. And then it's also interesting while you are the County executive, you just for this one issue, you had to participate in a, a vote with the board. I heard that correctly, right? It, yeah, exactly. Yes. I did not have plenary authority in that situation. I was just a member of this board and they were the ones making all the decisions. And that doesn't generally in our county, in Knox County, I am a, I'm a, a true executive. I do not sit on county commission and commission has a lot of authority over a lot of different things. I set the budget and of course run the day-to-day -day operations, but commission has authority over many things. This board of health actually was the most powerful political body in Knox County. Their public health orders could supersede everything but state law. It really, and we discovered that due to state law, due to the statute, that the Board of Health had those powers and it wasn't just in an emergency. They actually had those all the time because the statute was very ill-crafted. All that has now been addressed uh, at the state level, thankfully. But you can imagine I was a wake-up call for a lot of people and they realized that, hey, even after COVID goes away, they can still one day decide to do things like ban sugary drinks. They would get sued, but they could even decide, hey, gun violence is a public health crisis in Knox County, and they could make moves that would infringe on the Second Amendment. That, again, that was a wake-up call for a lot of people over how poorly crafted the state law was in this situation. Yeah, I think we found out how wide open all our state constitutions are over these past two years because they have so much focus on the federal government and the fact they're supposed to have enumerated powers, but they get around all of those. But the states don't have that. They can pass any law they want if it doesn't violate the Bill of Rights, supposedly. And Going back to, to Governor Lee, again, the Emergency Powers Act is wide open. And thank goodness we had a decent person like Bill Lee in office, because if we'd had someone like Gretchen Whitmer or Andrew Cuomo or Gavin Newsom, we could have been in the exact same situation those states are in. Let's take a short break for this important message. 
Most people consider it a fact of life that prices are going to go up over time, and they've never gone up as fast as they are right now. But what if I told you it wasn't always like that? That for over 100 years, prices went down in America even as the economy became more productive? Well, it's true. And as much as we like to blame the president when the economy is bad, presidents really have very little effect on our modern economy. The real culprit behind not only price inflation, but the constant booms and busts we suffer is the Federal Reserve System. My new book, It's the Fed, Stupid, is an appeal to Americans across the political spectrum to stop focusing on things that don't make a difference and start focusing on what does. Whether you're worried about constantly rising prices, wage stagnation, increasing wealth and income inequality, or the massive expansion of the government's size and power, they can all be traced back to an institution the powerful would prefer you ignored. Download a free copy of my new ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, at itsthefedstupid.com and find out what you should really be fighting against. And now, back to our episode. You work on the answer, then you quietly save the day. You were right, Mr. Spock, about everything you said. We humans just are logical. Your county has Knoxville, so that's a fairly large city. How different is Knoxville now, or was it then during the height of the restrictions as compared to the rest of Knox County? Yeah, Knoxville being a large metropolitan area tends to be much more left than the county as a whole and the outside areas of the county. So there, there were more restrictions in the city as far as, you know, there are things in the county that just, they were on the books, but no one is really going to go out and do anything about it. In the city, that was taken much more seriously. And then also the city had mass mandates in city-owned properties. Once we didn't have to, I didn't have those in county-owned properties, things like that. So yeah, there was a difference between the city of Knoxville and the areas of Knox County outside the city. But they're wide open now? Yeah, for the most part, yes. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, now the latest legislation, Tennessee actually passed the strongest COVID legislation to protect individual freedoms of any place in the country. And it is actually uh, illegal for any government entity to issue mass mandates for their property. It is also the only person now who can issue public health orders is the governor. Like the, the mayors can no longer say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. The authority is actually in the governor's hands now. I hope that you guys are done with this. I wish we were up here. I tried my best to convince my neighbors that this is just out of control. I think it's pretty clear now. And even the White House is admitting the lockdowns did not do anything to mitigate the spread of the virus. They did tremendous economic damage, as you were saying they would, all during the height of the crisis in 2020. Uh, a few of us were also joining you in that. So I hope that you're going to be able to look forward. And I guess that's what I wanted to ask you is that you got a pretty big name and you've got a lot of name recognition you decided to run for the mayor of a county. Talk a little bit about how you can make a difference as far as freedom being a county executive as opposed to a congressman or a senator or what have you. Sure. 
I think you can actually have a lot more impact at the local and state level than you can at the federal level. I love Rand Paul. I love Thomas Massey, but they're one voice in Swamp. Uh, and there are other people that I think are, are pretty good as well, but they're just, they're fighting the battle every day. And it's good that they're fighting it, but nevertheless, they're very limited in what they can actually accomplish. But at the state and local level, you can accomplish quite a bit. And as you pointed out earlier, we saw that. Okay, compare Florida to California, compare Tennessee to New York, completely different. It's almost like we're living in two different countries now. So you can make a huge difference. Here in Knox County, my influence as mayor actually goes well beyond Knox County because we are the, the largest county in the eastern region of Tennessee. So one of the things that really is really proud of, and thank you to people like you too, who, who understood the arguments that I was making and supported those arguments. But I was actually talking to uh, a district attorney general uh, a couple counties away from us. And he told me that because of what I was saying in Knox County, because the arguments that I was making in Knox County, his office would not prosecute violators of public. Not only was I able to, to hopefully do some things that Knox County, despite having this Board of Health was making the decisions, I think that I was able to rein some of that in. But then in other places, people looked to us and uh, to what I was saying, and it had an influence on them as well. And frankly, now, as we look at a post-pandemic, we have people flooding to Tennessee. We have people flooding to Knox County from places like California and New York. And I, I really think what we're seeing is uh, an exodus of people who have conservative uh, maybe libertarian beliefs, and they're uncomfortable in these places that have just gone straight blue and hardcore left, and they're coming to places where people think like them. I've had uh, multiple anecdotal examples of that happening, and our economy is doing really well because of that, and there's really a lot of energy here, and where you look at some parts of the country, and it almost seems like they're in for a really bad time coming up. It feels like we're on a launch pad to do some great things here in East. And talk a little bit about where the leverage is for a county mayor, county executive in making the county free. We're not going to get the roads privatized or the water <laughs> system from being communist, but what can you do? Is it zoning? Is it business regulation? What does the county have control over that you can really make? Taxes. We haven't had a property tax increase in Knox County in 26 years. We will not have one as long as I'm mayor. In fact, we're, I think we're going to be able to cut a tax in this upcoming budget. Okay. So taxes is one thing. The how you do business, okay? Say with our codes department. Again, I, I can't just say, because there's these rules on the book from the state, I can't just say, hey, do whatever you want. But I've told our codes people, and, it, and this is really, I think, an attitude that permeates now throughout our departments. We're not there to play gotcha, okay? We're there to help people through the process. So anytime that I hear that something has been held up because of an inspection and there's a lack of communication, that's a problem. And everybody's well aware of that. So those situations are fixed very quickly. When we talk about zoning and those sort of things, they're not really under my purview. My, one of the things I talk about is our zoning is outdated. And what that's done though, is that's prohibited prohibited areas where the infrastructure is there, where we should have like more high density growth, more retail, more commercial. We can't do that. So I'm pushing to open those things up. Second Amendment, we are a Second Amendment sanctuary county. So uh, again, that's very important. We actually have a private fire department in Knox County. We have almost 500,000 people. The city does have their own fire department, but we have a private fire department. We also have a private ambulance service. 
show me another big metropolitan area in the country that, that has that. There are a few, but not many. And that's something that I've really fought to keep in place. You know, a lot of folks think we need a countywide fire department and they think it's just going to cost a little bit. And I'm like, it's going to cost a heck of a lot more than you guys realize. And also just finding public-private partnerships so that the government isn't always shouldering the entire burden on things. I'm okay in many cases with looking at capital projects and saying, okay, we, we can do this, but a private organization, a nonprofit, they need to do the operation of whatever that is. And we've also, we've been able to do that with hospitals. We've been able to do that with other nonprofits. So I, I think really it is a philosophy and you're exactly right. There's a lot of things that in a perfect world, I would be like, we're not doing that. We're getting out of that business. Can't really do that. But I try to find ways that at least we can get the private sector involved and we can lessen government's involvement in it. And also you've got those sets of things you can affect as the county mayor, but you also make the point, go run for your state legislature and don't try for Congress. There's just too much yeah. big money, unfortunately, that's going to be against you. But it's realistic to get elected to your county legislature or your state legislature. And then you really can start to, with other people like you in place, make a difference. And it's not all about me. East Tennessee is, we're a conservative, I would argue, somewhat libertarian area. So it's easy for me because people think like I do. I couldn't be county mayor where you're at because <laughs> you know, I would be driven nuts. So it really does depend on where you live as well and finding those opportunities where you live. So you got an election coming up is November. Is that when they do it in Tennessee? No, actually my primary will be in May and then general election will be in August. Oh, okay. So yeah. What kinds of issues are going to be on the table in the primary and in the general election? Taxes are perpetually on the ballot in the way of candidates because you definitely have folks that we need more of this, we need more of that. We have these grand grandiose ideas of stuff that we want to do with other people's money. So again, my stance is very hard on taxes. We're not going to raise taxes in Knox County. And we're fortunate because of our sales tax revenue and just organic growth. And frankly, uh, we don't need to, okay? We, we just don't need to. And this idea that we, we have all these great projects that people want to do, spend your own money on them, okay? But taxes, yeah. I mean, we do have some infrastructure needs that we are addressing and going forward. We have to be smart about that. I mean, we can't just throw money at stuff. Mental health is a huge issue here. I think it is across the country. And we're, again, we're working actually with nonprofits and the hospitals and the state on a project that I think is really going to help. Homelessness has become an issue in, in Knox County. And it's always been an issue in the city somewhat, but now it's actually spreading to the county. Again, I don't think that that's necessarily unique to Knox County. I think that's true across the country. So, you know, some of these issues, when, when we look at them locally, we think, oh my gosh, this stuff is happening. It's happening everywhere. And of course, jobs. You know, one of the ways you keep taxes low is you make sure that people have good jobs so they don't need all these government services. And so we have revenue coming in, frankly. So it, it's all those things that will be stuff that will be talked about. And they'll, some of the national stuff will be inserted into the race. But I'm fortunate Knox County is 65% Republican um, and 35% Democrat. So, you know, my message resonates with the people of Knox County. That's what's really important. In my case, misery doesn't love company. So I'm, I'm glad you're down there. <laughs> I can't benefit from any of the things you're doing, but at least I know somebody is. So I want to wish you the best of luck in your upcoming elections and congratulations on the great job you're doing. I hope we'll be able to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Tom. And again, uh, thank you for your support and just spreading the message of freedom. That's so important nowadays and you really are doing great work. So I appreciate you. Thank you.
Okay, friends, that's going to do it for today. If you haven't already, don't forget to download a free copy of my new ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, at itsthefedstupid.com. And if you like the music you've heard on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at tommullensings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.